Good afternoon, everybody. Um, my name is Patrick Cicero. I'm the Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Legal Aid Network. Um, thank you for joining us today for um, our CLE session entitled Professional Conduct Anti-Harassment in the Workplace. Um, I thank those of you who um, uh, were, are bearing with us and were expecting this to have been presented uh, uh, two weeks ago. Um, we had some technical difficulties that prevented that from happening, but we are all set and good to go now. So um, I just have a few brief announcements to begin, and then I'll introduce our presenter for uh, today's session. Um, the first is that this is a 90-minute session um, that will provide uh, one and a half CLE uh, credits um, for those of you who need it. As a result of that, um, we will be launching two polls during the course of the 90 minutes. Um, both of these polls are attendance check polls. If you are requesting CLE credits, you must participate in both polls. They will be up. Um, uh, testing your attendance today. In addition to the CLE attendance check polls, today's training has other interactive polls. So those of you who aren't um, requiring CLE credits, if you're not an attorney or you don't need them, please nevertheless pay attention because there will be polling that we're asking you to do during the course of today's training. All participants in today's training will be muted. Um, and the way we're asking questions is through the chat box. So please put your questions in the chat box to everyone. Um, so that um, our speaker can uh, acknowledge the question and answer it as we go along. If you have technical questions or technical um, concerns, you can ask a question directly to Kelly Bach-Yuckley um, through the chat box as well. This session is being recorded, um, and so we also wanted uh, you to know that as well. Um, this session today also involves some video vignettes. Um, so as you go forward, the sound will be working on the end of the presenter. It is possible that the sound on the device that you're participating on may be muted. Your speakers may be muted. So if you have difficulty hearing uh, before you say there's a problem with the sound, uh, make sure your speakers um, and the volume on your device um, is up. So those are my kind of prefatory remarks. I'm really, really excited um, that we have Kim Nash, um, who many of you know from uh, uh, her work as an HR consultant on behalf of uh, Brown and Brown. She also does some HR consulting and other consulting on behalf of Exude, um, who is helping us present this training. Um, Kim has 30 plus years of business and human resources experience and partners with lots of organizations, including, as I indicated before, plan for consulting, training, development, compliance management, and other human resource related services. Um, she's also a part-time instructor at various universities um, for the Society of Human Resource Management, HR Essentials, and Professional Human Resource Management courses. She holds a Society of Human Resource Management um, certification from the Society of Human Resource Management. That's an S-H-R-M-S-C-P, um, those fancy initials, um, and is uh, an, a Society for Human Resource Management certification to the HR Certification Institute. She's a graduate of York College, PA, with a bachelor's degree in science and business education and holds an MBA in human resource management from the University of Phoenix. So Kim, um, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to present today's session. And for those of you who will be uh, attending the executive level session uh, on Wednesday, Kim will also be facilitating that for us. I'm gonna turn it over to you now. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks everyone. I'm so excited to be connecting with you today. Um, from all over the state of Pennsylvania, and I am connecting with you from Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, the sweetest place on earth, love chocolate, so um, uh, love living here. So yes, I am excited uh, to be presenting to you today. I know this is a very 
a serious topic and uh, want to answer your questions. And so again, as, as we go through, if you have questions, please type them in the chat box. If you want to um, send them to me privately, I will not share your name when we talk about the question. Uh, I will make sure that your privacy is maintained, but would love to know what you're thinking, questions. Um, it's the one challenge that we have being on um, on a Zoom is that we don't have that face-to-face -face interaction. So, um, so please feel free to uh, to send those questions through or your comments through on chat. Would love to to connect with you. So yeah, we try to break it up a little bit and do some different things throughout the day or throughout our hour and a half, I should say, so that it makes it a little bit more engaging in this Zoom platform. So our uh, overall objective today, when uh, we are looking at um, different objectives, and so this slide talks about, we wanted to define sexual harassment, um, understanding that there are, there are federal laws and there are state laws, we have to talk about what constitutes unlawful sexual harassment. How do we prevent it? Uh, we want to make sure that we have a comfortable, productive work environment. If you happen to be someone uh, who is, um, you happen to observe it happening, what are some things that you can do? So we wanna talk about that so that we can stop it if we're witnessing it. Um, how to report incidents and the importance of cooperating investigations. And then what are some remedies that are available to individuals who um, unfortunately are victims of sexual harassment? But the main thing that I wanna talk about really when we look at objectives, what our overarching objective is, is number one, we want to make sure that everybody regardless of who the individual is, is respected in the workplace. And whether that is a workplace in an office, in a courtroom, in a conference, in a meeting, we wanna make sure that everybody is respected regardless of their position, their title, uh, male, female. And so that's the important objective is to make sure that everybody is respected. And what happens is that I think people sometimes have different comfort levels. And clearly, when we are in a more social setting, um, things get to be a little bit more relaxed. And people maybe do some things that they wouldn't necessarily do in their Monday through Friday, eight to five job, especially when there's alcohol. So we're going to look at all of this and talk about this in our session today. So of course, we, we have to mention the Me Too movement that happened. It's been about three years now um, since this happened. And the, the frustrating thing, there's many frustrating things, but the fr one of the biggest frustrating things is, is that everybody knew that it was happening. I mean, even comedians were using it in their, in their little shticks and their little um, presentations. They would talk about it and everybody knew that this was going on. But what was the reason that it continued for so long? Because people wanted to work. And so in Hollywood, in the, you know, they, they basically just said, this is the way business has to be done. And we just have to be quiet about it. 
Um, but somebody finally stepped up and spoke up. And because of that, other people came forward and it really shined a light on, exposed it of what is happening. And it's, I think it's very frustrating because we have been talking about sexual harassment for um, years. You know, the Title VII Civil Rights Act was uh, from 1964, so over 50 years. And so we've had legislation throughout, we've had trainings, and it's still going on today. And so this is the dialogue that we need to have in the workplace. How do we prevent it and how do we stop it? So we're gonna put up um, a first poll here. And the question is, the scenario is, an employee often makes sexual induendos when talking with certain employees. And so what your poll is gonna pop up and it's gonna show you, you're gonna respond, um, if this is happening in your workplace, are you not comfortable, somewhat comfortable, or highly comfortable, uncomfortable, highly uncomfortable? Um, Okay, so here comes the poll. We can't see who's voting, so I don't know who's voting. So we'll give you um, about, um, to about 30 more seconds. Okay, all right, we can go ahead and end the poll. And um, Kelly, if you wouldn't mind sharing those poll results so that we can just see what that looks like. And so in this particular case, an employee often makes sexual innuendos when talking with certain employees. The majority of you said that that would make you highly uncomfortable. Um, so most of you said it would make you uncomfortable, but it's just kind of interesting um, to see the different responses. And you know, this really comes back to uh, a lot of it is you can see that there's different levels of comfortability. And so that sometimes that's what makes it challenging is where where is that line? There's there's the really at either end of the spectrum, you know that, but when we get into into certain things, um, some people it's okay, some people it's not. So it creates a challenge. Okay, thanks, Kelly. All right, so we're gonna do another one. In this one, same thing, one employee seems to stare at a certain employee every time they are in the elevator together. So if if you happen to be the person that was being stared at, how would that make you feel? Okay, so just a couple more seconds to respond. Okay, thanks, Kelly, go ahead and share. So you can see not as high uncomfortable, but still most people would be very uncomfortable about that. 
And again, it's going to probably depend on who the person is and, and different things. So it is, there is a different level. All right. One more here. Um, this one is that two employees often text jokes, sexual in nature to each other. Okay, so we're gonna relaunch the poll. How uncomfortable would this make you feel? Okay, just a few more seconds. Okay, thank you, Kelly. All right, let's go ahead and share this. So you can see um, in this one, it's different. Um, it looks like that mostly, most of you said somewhat uncomfortable. Um, actually, when you start looking at the percentages, you can see that they're closer um, because it's between to employees and not everybody else um, is experiencing it, I guess. Um, so you can see that there's different situations that affect different um, people differently. All right, great. All right, thank you. So just to give you an idea of just some different things, these are all forms of sexual harassment. And um, these are things that we have to be aware of in the workplace. So we're gonna start off by just talking about what is sexual harassment and defining it. So we have several laws. Now, what I like to say when I'm talking to organizations about sexual harassment, the right thing to do is that we prevent it from happening in our organizations, that we don't want it in our organizations. It's not that we don't do it because it's against the law. That's the consequences. But the right thing to do is we shouldn't treat people um, in a harassing nature, whether it's sexual, whether it's bullying, whatever the case might be. That is the, the way that we should act professionally. We should respect all people, but understand the consequences is that it is illegal and there are um, a lot of different things that, um, um, that could happen. So in this particular example, um, the, the Fair Employment and Housing Act and Title VII of Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964. So those are important. Um, and then the state law, state statutes prohibiting and preventing sexual harassment. So this, um, this is absolutely at the federal and the state level as well. So why you need to know. Number one, we all have the right to fair treatment at work. Everybody, regardless of who the person is, um, workplace harassment, it harms everyone. So let me ask this question. If we go back to two employees are texting each other, um, so I wanna go back to that example. So two employees are texting each other sexual innu innuendos. And so some of you said that um, you may not, it may not be uncomfortable. Some of you said that it could be um, more uncomfortable and so forth. So when we say workplace harassment, 
harms everyone. Can anybody type into the chat box how it affects everyone? If it's just two people that are doing it or if it's a group of employees that are doing it, how can um, that affect everyone? So I just like to see some of your feedback. Okay, so we have some good responses coming in. Um, um, if it is the boss and anyone else, the dynamics for everyone gets uncomfortable, morale, what is your, you know, understanding, um, you know, understanding that uh, it creates that culture of disrespect. Um, so it, it does, it, it does affect everyone because some people, when they're texting back and forth, it will be, um, um, it will, it will bottom line, um, it can spill over into the workplace because people accept that as normal. So I really like that one and it affects your morale. So those are all some good things um, that we need to think about. So it does have an impact. It has an impact even if it's outside of the organization. Um, it has an impact on everyone because even if it's outside the organization, when uh, people respond to each other within the organization, it is going to affect them because, okay, so you had all this stuff that was happening outside of the workplace, and now you come into the workplace and um, it, it's still going to be there. That feeling is going to be there. It can happen on any level. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter who it is in the organization, and it can be outside of the organization. It can be anybody that is outside the organization that can affect, whether it's um, a vendor, a client, anybody. So it happens on every level, and anybody can be a victim, uh, regardless of gender. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't play into it. It's anybody can be a victim. So looking at the definition, um, looking at the definition of what is sexual harassment. So sexual harassment is prohibited, as I mentioned earlier, Title VII of civil rights, um, and it is a form of sex discrimination. The EOC, which is the federal agency, and then the state, we have our own Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission, but the EOC is the one that enforces the federal prohibitions against sexual harassment. And so the EOC has defined it as sexual harassment, as unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and other verbal or physical conduct of a sexual nature. So that, again, can be very subjective to individuals. Um, it, it is an employment condition. So submission to sexual conduct is made um, as a term of condition of employment that if you want to keep your job, you have to participate in this. Or if you want a promotion, you have to participate in this. Um, it can be an employment consequence. Um, again, if you reject or if you report this, then it will have a negative impact or it's an offensive job inter um, interference. 
where the conduct interferes with the employee's performance. It creates that intimidating or that hostile offensive work environment. And again, sometimes we look at these in a quid pro quo situation where it's someone that's in, in control of someone else, such as a supervisor, or they feel that that individual feels that there is a um, um, authority over the individual. Whereas a hostile work environment, like I said, it could be coworkers, it could be anybody outside the organization um, that affects that individual and creates an in intimidating or hostile offensive environment. So again, that is the federal definition that we look at. And, and of course, um, the state also has state laws that we have to follow. In our organizations, we should have a zero tolerance policy. Again, it doesn't matter who the individual is, whether it's the executive director of the organization, it's the president, it does not matter. I worked in an organization years ago, many years ago, going back about 20 years ago, and we hired um, an individual who, um, and to be very honest, just to give you a, an example of how this worked, this individual was hired as the um, a vice president of the organization. And I was the director of, the, of HR at that point. And that individual, um, he, he came in and um, he wasn't hired yet. He was in the interview process. And the manager said, can you uh, sit down and have a conversation with him about benefits. And I said, absolutely, be glad to do that. And so we had this conversation and he left my office and I felt like he was very condescending to me. And I thought, well, you know, he's, I don't know him that well. He doesn't know me that well. And maybe it's just once he joins the team, it will be so much better. So I, um, you know, went along, he got hired and he came in and we started working together and I went to my boss and I said, something is off here. I just think that there's something off with him and he's just very condescending. And my boss, he said to me, you're the director of HR. You just need to get along with everybody. I was like, okay. So I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe it's just a personality conflict between this individual and me. And I started thinking about it and I thought, nah, I don't know that it's a personality conflict. Maybe because my boss doesn't see it is because he's a male, I'm a female. Maybe this person has something against women. I don't know. So a couple months go by and we hire an individual for, um, for administrative assistant position. And I was very concerned about this, but I couldn't really say too much. So we basically hired the individual. And of course, I made sure that I went through the sexual harassment policy with her, the discrimination policy. And so we had this um, conversation, you know, just, you know, I didn't alert her to anything, but I just wanted to make sure that she was aware of, um, that she was just aware of, of the policy and our reporting procedure. So, I don't know, it was months that went by. I went on vacation and I come back from vacation and the president of the company calls me into his office. And I didn't report to him and I thought, oh no, what happened? What did I do? You know, you immediately get that, oh my gosh, what did I do type of thing? 
And so he said to me, uh, we have a problem. And I said, okay. So he started telling me that there was a situation where this vice president and his administrative assistant, he said to the administrative assistant, we're gonna continue work after hours at this local bar. And she said, no, I'm not. And he basically said, if you wanna keep your job, you will do this. And she said, no. And fortunately for her, she, re she reported it. I mean, this is her boss, vice president of a division in the organization. She reported it. And so when I came back from vacation, the president said, we have a problem. And I looked at the president and I said, what are you going to do? What, you know, what are you going to do? He goes, he's getting fired. And I said, great. So I was glad that she spoke up, but I was also glad that I worked for an organization that had a zero tolerance policy that ensured that any individual that spoke up against anybody regarding, regardless of the position in the organization, it was gonna be zero tolerance. And so it doesn't matter. I've also seen this in situations where it comes to a customer or a client and the client is acting inappropriately to the employee and the employee um, thinks, well, I can't say anything because this is a client. This is one of the largest clients. And if I say anything, who's the employer going to believe? And so what zero tolerance means is zero tolerance. So in this particular case, we need to make sure that our employees understand that it doesn't matter what the position is of the person or whether they're inside or outside, our policy is zero tolerance. It is zero tolerance. So that's something that we have to communicate. And I think in your organizations, in your, um, in your locations, you need to, to identify what does that mean and make sure that everybody understands that. Okay, so let's talk about some illegal behavior. The uh, types of conduct that constitute unlawful harassment, so abusive conduct retaliation. And we're gonna look at some examples of sexual harassment and retaliation. So we're gonna do some, um, so somebody mentioned, somebody, just a follow-up before I go into that, somebody mentioned that um, um, it really wasn't a zero tolerance policy if they tolerated this man speaking down to you and basically told you to get over your comments. And so that's a great point that in that particular case, because um, that's because you know that person just thought that it was a personality conflict and he didn't see it. You're exactly right. So you know, going back 20 years ago, um, I think had it been today that um, with all the education, I'm hoping that that would have been handled a little bit differently, but you're right. It was, it was one of those things that, um, you know, I spoke up and it, it was just more or less that I was the director of HR and I just needed to get along with people. And it, you know, my boss looked at it as a personality conflict and really should have taken the time to investigate it. Um, and did not. And so you're right. 
that particular person didn't handle it right, but the president of the company did and said, we're not tolerating this. And so perhaps I should have went to the president of the company after that. Um, so yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe that also should have been, I should have, I should have said, I need to take this further and not just go along with what that individual said to me. So that's a great point. So um, good question. What is the, so discrimination versus harassment and discrimination, when we talk about discrimination is based on a protected class. So yes, the way that the individual treated me, um, the fact that for me, I really felt it was because I was female and he was condescending to me because I was female. And probably I didn't push it because he was a new employee and I thought, well, maybe it's not just me. Um, and I didn't really have, you know, I, I really wasn't sure until he stepped up and we started seeing some other things with other women. So, so discrimination is a form of harassment and you're absolutely right that it did after, after more people came forward, it was clearly, it wasn't just my imagination that he did clearly have some type of a problem with women. And there was, you know, you, you start uncovering a lot of things um, after someone leaves and then people feel comfortable coming forward and you start uncovering these things. Had more people um, stepped up, then it probably wouldn't have went on so long. But again, it's one of those things that people look at that and say, that was a vice president. Are they really going to believe me? I might be an administrative assistant or um, are they going to believe me? And this is where we have to create these environments where people are comfortable coming forward. And when they do speak up, that they're supported. Um, and so that was a really valuable lesson to me 20 years ago um, that I needed to probably be more vocal about it and, and speak out. So lesson learned on my part. All right, so I'm going to play, there's two clips that we're going to watch. And then um, after each clip, we're going to put up a poll that asks you in this particular clip, whether it was poor judgment, lack of professionalism, or sexual harassment. Um, and so again, just a reminder, make sure that your speakers are up so that you can hear. I have tested it and it should work okay. Um, but you never know when it comes to technology. So. Thank you. I uh, can't find the McGinnis file. I keep losing it. I mean, I don't know. Is, is it me? No, I don't know. Hold on. Don't be silly. Oh, that's weird. Right? It just it keeps disappearing. Okay, hold on. We're going to find it. Just give me one second. Starving. Haven't eaten since lunch. Ah, here it is. Where? I'm just going to drag it to your desktop for now. What? It was in the damages file. It didn't have its own file like the rest of the families in the lawsuit. But I'm just going to organize this tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That, that would be great. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. Oh, thanks, my dad. Oh, really? You're, you're very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, if you're done, I'm going to get going. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you headed? Nowhere, just home. Well, I'll, I'll take you. Oh, my goodness, no, don't be silly. No, 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 it's no problem. I'm, I'm out of here. No, 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 it's fine. It's no, I'll drop you. I'm four it's stops not... away in the queue. I'm like, I'm really fine. <laughs> yeah. What, you don't, oh, you don't, you don't get bothered on the train? No, I just, I listen, I put in my headphones and I listen to my music and then. Nice. Yeah, I just go in my own little world. It kind of clears my head. It's nice. That actually, you know what? That sounds really nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should probably join you on the train, you know, clear my head. <laughs> Get one of those splitters, you know, headphone. Oh, yeah. So you're, um, I mean, you're, you're happy here? Everything good? I mean, you're, you're oh, happy wow. here? Oh, wow, yeah, yeah sure, good? yeah. It's been, I've been great. I mean, you're comfortable? Everyone treating you right? Yeah, everybody's been just great. I mean, like, I feel really lucky to be here, good. so, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad we chose you. Me too. I mean, even though, I mean, there was, there was, you know, a contingency that were like, you know, they wanted someone older with more experience. It's a big responsibility. Oh, it's huge. I know, it's huge. You know, and sure. the salary. Oh my god, yes. Right? I mean, like, I was literally, I was about to move in with my parents, and <laughs> right before the yeah, so this saved me, so, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> no, I just, I just want you to know that I, I really believe in you, you know? Thank you, it's nice to hear that from someone. <laughs> <laughs> These are cool. Uh, did you, um, what did you? Um, what? I'm sorry, I, I have a boyfriend. No, that's, that's okay, I'm, I'm married. I mean, I, just, I was just trying to show you how much I appreciate you, you know? I do. Uh, yeah. Um, I do, I really do. I, I just don't know if I'm kind of comfortable. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. It's okay. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. No, no that's not my style. I know, it's, and it's fine, so I'm no, gonna, I can just, see, I'm gonna I go. Can, I can see it's not fine. You're not, you're not fine. Um, Listen, I want things to be comfortable between us, no, okay? No, it's, it's okay. No, I, I feel know, it's I not. I feel it's not okay, and I'm, I, I really am sorry. I want to make it okay. Okay. Okay, okay. just, okay. are we, are we good? We're, nothing happened. No. Nothing happened, no, it, all right? It yeah. was, I was showing, you know what it was? I just want to show you how much, how great you are, how good, how good you are. Thank you, okay. And that's all, okay? We're good, yeah. we're friends, friends? We're friends. Okay, we're friends. come on. Let's have a hug. I don't think that's right. No, it's, let's end this properly. Come on, come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, and here, this is how we end things properly, all okay. right? Okay. Okay? All right, yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, um, Kelly, if you have the poll that we could put up. All right. So, uh, how would you rate that one? Okay, just a few more seconds.
Okay, great. Thank you, everyone. And I see many of you typing into the chat box that it was assault. Um, I would not disagree with you there. Let me ask a question about that because pretty much everybody said that it was harassment, but um, assault. And yes, all of the above. It was poor judgment. It was lack of professionalism. It was harassment. And we could have added a fourth one there, assault. Um, in that clip, at what point, I'm just curious, in the chat box, type in, at what point, where did it start to get uncomfortable for you? And so, you know, um, was there a certain point that you said, well, be, be, you know, after she located the file, right. Um, okay, so in the beginning, yeah, it was a little weird um, being very close to her. Um, he was hovering behind her. Um, he mentioned that he was hungry. Okay. Cause yeah, kind of insinuated, like, let's get something to eat. Um, so again, many of you are saying, I mean, clearly for me, it got uncomfortable way before he touched her. Absolutely. You know, offering to drive her home. Um, I think that's something that's, that we really have to be careful about, you know, something as simple as let me drive you home. Um, you know, that's uncomfortable for people. If this is your boss, um, that makes it very uncomfortable and, you know, not listening and just, he was, he was really trying to assert himself. Um, so yeah, for me, I would have to agree a lot uh, for many of you, um, that it was, it was long before the kiss where it actually got uncomfortable. Um, and so, um, yep. Yep. So those are all great things. So yeah, it got, it got really uncomfortable before that. And so, you know, and at this point, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Do you, I mean, do you, do you think she's going to come back to work? I mean, what do you think's going to, you know, I'm just curious, what do you think she might? Okay. She'll come back only if she has no choice. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's probably going to tell her not to tell anyone. Um, I would absolutely hope that she reports it too. Um, okay, contacting the EEOC. Yeah, you know, he's not going to stop. Um, probably not going to stop. Um, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, he found out that she, that she needed the money badly, so he might use it. Um, it will be very uncomfortable for her when she comes back. Um, consult an attorney. Um, you know, somebody I wouldn't come back. Um, and so these are these are all interesting things on how people are going to handle it. It it would. I mean. I, I'm not sure how anybody could work with that person again after that. Um, and so, you know, thinking about if you had, if these were two employees and that worked for you and this employee came to you and told you what had happened the night before, how would it be handled in your work environment? So um, great um great thought. But again, you can see that the unprofessionalism, lack of judgment 
clearly happened before the actual physical exchange. Um, and I wouldn't even call it an exchange because she was not a uh, really was not a per, uh, uh, she was not consent. I mean, I'm sure that came very much as a shock. Okay, great. So thank you for taking the time to respond. Thank you for your responses. As you can see, um, and, and that was a very, um, you know, a very disturbing, no doubt, video. Um, Kim, I'm sorry, yes. this is Kelly. If I could just launch the first yes. of the CLE poll boxes, I'm going to yep. do so now. Mm -hmm. Attorneys requesting CLE credit for your participation, please respond. Um, this is the first of two. And also, um, I've noticed there's a few people that must have used the same link and are signed in under the same name. So if all of you respond to this poll box, um, the same name is going to pop up. So if you go beside the name that you're signed in as and hit rename, you can change your name so that I'm uh, able to accurately process CLE credits. Um, also for this poll, if you hadn't changed to your actual name yet and you're listed under somebody else's, please just send me a private chat in the chat box, uh, your name and attorney ID number so that I can count your participation. Um, the poll box will be up for about a minute longer and Kim, please feel free to continue. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, thanks everyone. Yep, we absolutely wanna make sure you get your CLU credits. So abusive conduct, um, the, and so here is a definition, conduct of an employer or an employee in the workplace. And I would, I would even say that it goes beyond that, again, to a client, to um, a vendor, to someone in the courtroom, the judge, an opposing attorney, paralegal, uh, can be a variety of different people because that is your workplace in the courtroom uh, with malice that a reasonable person would find hostile, offensive, unrelated to the employer's legitimate business interests. Now, I wanna make a comment about this reasonable person. Typically, historically, we have used this term or this term has been used as reasonable person. And after the Me Too movement came out, I had a conversation with an attorney about this. And I said, you know, I really believe, it sounds to me in light of the Me Too movement that reasonable person isn't really necessarily the standard anymore. It's really about the impact of the victim and what that victim has, has been through. Um, I've seen situations where I've had individuals send me emails and say, this email is very offensive and I read it and I don't find it offensive, but I don't have the history that that person might have with another person. And so we have to take that into consideration. Um, and so, so we have to we have to take that into consideration um, that there's there's different standards because of things that people have been through. People that have been through sexual assault in their past are going to see things differently than people who have not. Um, so somebody asked the question about with malice, and so when we look at some of these definitions that have come out from the court, um, you know, like I, I would say that, and again, I think just like reasonable standard that sometimes when we look at with malice, um, 
sexual harassment can be, people can feel that they're, um, they're harassed, that it's sexual harassment, even if the other person didn't intend to do it and wasn't trying to be, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. So again, I look at some of these older definitions when, you know, going back years ago, and I'm not really sure that in today in the Me Too movement, that they really are the best definition. So that's a great point. Um, it can be something that, um, you know, the person didn't intend to have, didn't have intent. Um, and, you know, like I said, for a reasonable person, maybe a reasonable, you know, what is a reasonable person? I didn't, you know, that definition is a little vague as well. So the, the point is that if someone comes forward and complains in believing that they uh, are being harassed, we have to listen to everybody. Again, going back to my example from 20 years ago, when my boss at the time said, you are the HR person and you need to get along with everybody, that's absolutely inappropriate. And again, at that point, it was things were different. And so, yeah, I didn't pursue it anymore. And I, in today's light, I probably would have um, because it did, you know, I just didn't feel that you know, I was very concerned about other women on the team and so forth. Um, and so we have to make sure that when anybody tells us that they're uncomfortable, that we listen up and not just blow it off and say, oh, that's just the way that person is. No, we have to listen um, and support the people because again, um, we don't know what is in their history. We don't know how they perceive things. Just again, looking at, we did this poll and there were different people that saw things differently. And some of the things that some of you typed in, you can see they're different, different responses, but we need to listen to everybody. That is the big factor and not just brush people off. So when we talk about visual contact, uh, conduct, so that is leering, making sexual gestures, display of sexually subjective ob objects or pictures, cartoons, posters. So again, these things are not appropriate in the workplace. Um, we are now in an era where a lot of us spend time on Zoom. And so we're all at home. So our home environments are very different. Now, I know Zoom has backgrounds that you can put on so that you don't see the actual environment. But for many years, for probably the last six or seven years, I have been uh, teaching on Zoom. And I see students when they have their cameras on, they're like in their bed. Um, I had one student that was in the bathroom and I could tell had just gotten out of the shower because I could see that it was, you know, you know, kind of steamed up. Fortunately, he was, I could only see the top up, thank goodness. But I also knew that I could turn his camera off and I will do that. Um, because if I think that the, the background is inappropriate, I mean, I've had two people, you know, spouses, they're like kissing, you know, kissing, I guess one's going somewhere and they're kissing and like, oh my gosh, this is not appropriate on Zoom. Um, we don't need to see those public displays of affection. So again, these are things that we need to think about our environments on Zoom and what's going on in the background. We have to be very aware of that. So the visual conduct that's going on, 
um, and you know, not only just in the workplace, but anywhere else. I actually, we, we had that one example with in the, in the elevator, the, the, you know, the gazing at that person, just very uncomfortable. Some people are like that. They do that and they don't necessarily mean anything by it, but it's very uncomfortable and people, and you just need to be aware. Uh, verbal con uh, conduct, you know, making comments about things. So one of the examples that a lot of times we use is, is it, so I'm going to ask, and we don't have a, a, a poll question, but just want to get your feedback in the chat box. Is it okay to tell someone that they look nice today? Is that okay? So what do you think about that? So you see someone dressed up, maybe they're going to court today. They have a nice, you know, nice, they're dressed up very nicely and you see them. And is it okay to say you look really nice today? Is that okay? What do you think? Just curious as far as your thoughts. So yeah, some of you are saying, well, I think it's okay, but sometimes no, um, it's probably better not to. Um, compliment their outfit opposed to how they look. So maybe how you word it. Um, again, depends on how the, how the context of it and how you're wording it to, who you're talking to. Um, again, some people are gonna be really, and, and, the history that you have with someone. Someone might say, well, yeah, if, you, if someone has a, uh, a necktie on or a scarf on or something and you say that's a nice scarf um, or that's a nice necktie, you know, most people may not find that offensive, but if there's a history between those two people, then yes, it's going to be a, offensive. Um, so um, someone mentioned that a judge won't once told them that they were a beautiful child over a Zoom hearing and it felt comfortable? Absolutely. Um, probably meant that to be a compliment, but it turned into it's very, um, very offensive. Someone might not want their appearance commented on. So again, these are all things that may seem innocent, um, but you just don't know that place that that person's coming from. So we have to be very careful about that. So verbal conduct. Again, when we are out, I think what, this is just my experience. Um, oh, so just uh, Rachel mentioned, part of the problem is that people who cross the line don't think that they are, right? Because they don't themselves find it offensive, but they don't realize someone else might. Um, and, um, and so it's better not to do that. And I think what happens sometimes when we get away from the workplace, so maybe we're on better behavior inside the workplace, Monday through Friday, eight to five. And then we go to a social event outside the workplace and we are a little bit, maybe there's some alcohol and we're more in a relaxed environment. And so sometimes things get said that shouldn't get said. But remember, those policies that we have in place aren't just Monday through Friday, eight to five. Those are 24 seven, 365 days, 366 days a year. It doesn't matter where it is. Those policies are always in place. Yeah, so having a judge comment on someone's hairstyle. Um, 
that's a that's a great point. Someone made a great point when uh, maybe as kind of a rule of thumb, if you are someone that has um, more authority over someone, you should never comment on their appearance or anything like that. Um, so that's a great point. So these are good discussions. And again, people see things from their perspective. So maybe someone and um, maybe someone um, likes to be complimented. And so they're willing to compliment other people um, because they like it, but they have to understand that someone else does not. Um, so someone asked a question about if I'm at home and on a Zoom meeting and my spouse comes over and gives me a kiss on the top of the head, is that offensive? And the answer is yes, that could be offensive to some people. My best suggestion is if you're going to do that, you turn off the camera. Um, and so that people don't see it because it could be, it could be. And that's just one of the things that we need to be aware of. Um, great, great feedback. Love that. Um, very much. Another thing that I want to say about verbal conduct that comes up as another example is that there are certain um, cultures maybe is a right word, I don't know, or certain, I think culture might be an acceptable word here, that an individual that will refer to others as honey, sweetie, um, I know like if I go, if, if I'm in a restaurant and I, it, it doesn't matter, gender doesn't matter, um, that this person, they just refer to everyone as honey, sweetie, not appropriate, not appropriate. People don't like that. Um, so again, refer to people by their names. People like to be called by their names. So those little honey sweeties are not good ways to do that. So again, be um, very aware of your verbal conduct. And you know, if somebody says something to you that you don't find appropriate, it's okay to say, you know what, that's just something that I am not, um, I'm not comfortable with. And that's okay. And if somebody says that to you, then make sure you don't say that again. Um, so someone asked a question, if someone dramatically changes hairstyle or hair color or shaves a beard, should that just be ignored? And again, you have to understand where the boundaries are. I think it, it, it comes down to um, the relationship there. It is. We are in a very interesting environment where if someone does make a change, um, again, how it's said. Um, how it's received could be very offensive, um, you know, especially if you make a comment that somebody, um, you know, I, um, maybe somebody shaved their beard and you said, oh, that makes you look a lot older or something like that. I mean, it could be perceived as very negative. So again, being very careful, um, you know, understanding where those, those lines are. Um, so I, I like that. Um, going back to the clip uh, that we showed a little bit earlier, someone commented that he said she was sweet for doing her job and finding the file. That's not really a way that you recognize performance. It's a great point. Um, and so that probably would make someone feel uncomfortable if you would call them sweet. Um, 
you know, that was very helpful. I appreciate that you saved me a lot of time would be another way to, to address that. Um, she was doing her job. Thank you for taking the time to do that. You saved me a lot of time. I really appreciate that. That would be a better way of saying it than saying you're sweet. So great point about that. Um, no, I agree that not everybody is going to tell someone if they're offended by that. Um, um, and so I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that it's that some people, depending on the relationship, will say that, but some people will not. And we're going to talk about that with regard to reporting. Um, you're not required, like the law doesn't say, well, did you tell that person that you offended that they were offensive to you? Absolutely not. You are not required to tell them. Um, again, it depends on your situation. You're right. If it's my boss, I might not feel comfortable. Or if it's a judge, I might not feel comfortable saying, hey, your comment just offended me. But we are going to talk about what you should do. You shouldn't ignore it, but, but the avenues that you have. So that is a great point. So again, verbal contact, conduct, physical conduct. So to give you an ex another example of something that happened with physical conduct that I think the person didn't think that was offensive. But again, you know, some people are very touchy feely and recognizing that just because you're touchy feely doesn't mean that everybody else is touchy feely. So this was an example. I was at a conference several years ago and there was probably about 300 people in the room and we were from all over the country. So we didn't, you know, know each other or whatever, except for the people that were from our organization. So it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and the speaker that got up at four o'clock in the afternoon said, okay, everybody stand up, which is great. You, you're in a conference, you've been sitting all day. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so we get up, we stand up and he said, okay, now look to the person to your right and hug them. I about fell over. I just went, you have got to be kidding me. Did I just hear that? And that, I mean, People did it. I didn't do it. And one of my coworkers, the person that was on his right was a woman that he never met before. He was like, I'm not hugging her. It was just very, um, it was just very inappropriate. And yeah, this is true. COVID has, you know, with the whole six feet apart, hopefully, um, you know, this will, um, you know, <laughs> even afterwards, we maintain that, that distance. So that's one thing. Hopefully, we have that distance. Um, yeah, so uh, Patrick mentioned that that happened a few years ago, too. And it was awful. So absolutely. But again, you know, I honestly believe that the speaker, he was probably a huggy, touchy feely person and didn't think anything of it. And I was just horrified. I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Um, so again, people don't like to be touched. Not everybody likes to be touched. And so again, I think that happens in those social settings. I've gone to parties, work events, social events, and people come up and hug and kiss me. And I'm like, you wouldn't do that in the office. Why are you doing that here? So again, um, just be aware of your own behavior. And again, if somebody does that to you that you're uncomfortable, you know, you don't like it and you're uncomfortable speaking up, 
there are avenues and we'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, if you're comfortable telling the person, I didn't like that, I found that offensive, that's fine. But if you're not comfortable saying that, there are other avenues in which you're going to report that. Um, so anytime we have offering employment benefits ex in exchange for anything sexual in nature, whether when we talk about benefits, it's money, it's promotion, it's a better performance evaluation. Um, and then uh, in that, if you noticed in that clip, he said at the end, we're okay, right? We're okay, right? To me, I interpreted that as don't report that. That's how I interpreted that, that we're okay, right? Everything's okay. And, but some people will come out and blatantly say, if you report this to HR or to the executive director or whatever, who do you think they're going to believe? They're going to believe me over you because of my position. They're not going to believe you. And so that sometimes will create an intimidation, um, retaliation. You're going to be retaliated against if you report it because you could lose your job. Now, the, some of the, the, in looking at some of the Supreme Court decisions, they will say a single act shall not constitute abusive conduct unless it is especially severe and agreed. Um, pervasive, that type of thing. Um, and so again, what does severe and pervasive mean? And so when we look at this definition that came out from the Supreme Court years ago, uh, where they talk about it has to be severe and pervasive, again, that's going to be different for everybody. I don't know that there's a, here's if it's in the box. So again, it comes back to the individual and the impact on that individual. Who, um, who is affected? Again, employee at any level, team members, vendors, non-employees, anybody that you conduct business with in the courtroom, again, um, sex, non-binary, um, it doesn't matter. A lot of times people get this misunderstanding that it's males harassing females, and that's, that's not true. Um, that happens. I mean, it's anybody. It, it doesn't matter sex or no sex. It doesn't matter. Um, it could be people that are direct victims. It's also bystanders and witnesses that also. So yeah, you could have two people that are having a conversation um, and those two people are comfortable with it, but if somebody is seeing it and witnessing it, they may not be comfortable with that. Um, and so it can affect them. So what happens if you are not directly involved, but you are a bystander? If you see it, what can you do? And so these are things that you need to think about, how comfortable you are. So in a situation where, um, some tips of things that you can do. Number one, and I'm gonna ask you to add some in the chat box, but do what you can do to get the person out of the situation. So for example, let's say that um, you overhear um, something that's going on and you can you see that the one person is uncomfortable and maybe you walk over and again, it depends on who the other person is, how comfortable you're going to feel, but you walk over and say, you know, maybe it's 
Sam that's there and Sam is uncomfortable and you walk over to Sam and say, hey, Sam, can I talk to you for a minute? You get the person out of the situation. Um, again, depending on your comfort level, depending on, you know, if you're the manager and these are your two employees, then clearly you need to address that, that that was inappropriate, that was inappropriate conversation or something like that. So if you're comfortable, step up and say, I heard what you said to, and I find it inappropriate. Again, it's going to depend on what that relationship is. Regardless, you need to report it. You need to report it. So as a bystander, you need to report it. Um, and in your policy, it'll talk about who you would report to. So any other uh, situations that maybe you have been involved in and how you could handle it if you are seeing someone in that situation um, besides helping them to get out of the situation and if appropriate, if comfortable, telling the person that it was inappropriate and we need to report it. Anything else that you would like to add to that list? Okay, so somebody asked a question about harassment by a client in the waiting room of the organization. First of all, the one thing that I wanna say about clients is that um, employees, should not be subject to client um, harassment. Absolutely not. And so in that particular case, not really sure what the relationship is, but um, if the individual that has been harassed by the client or have been has been the recipient of those negative comments, if that individual is not comfortable speaking up to that client, then if that were me and I wasn't comfortable speaking to the client telling them that I was uncomfortable with their conversation, then I would go to a manager, I would go to somebody and say, bottom line is, um, um, this is inappropriate, and I'm very uncomfortable. So reporting it, so it doesn't matter if it's a client or if it's an employee or not, um, then it should be reported um, and it will not, it should absolutely not be tolerated. I mean, I have some clients, some businesses that have actually told certain customers and clients that they are not welcome back. Um, they don't, they're not welcome back. And so um, you have to look at how you handle that situation, um, but you need to protect your employees. There is a duty to report, absolutely. Um, even if you're a bystander, you have to report if you see it. Um, you really, really do need to do that. Okay, great. Um, so EOC defines workplace harassment as conduct that is unwelcome, harmful, illegal. And there's typically, um, typically, uh, uh, wait, there was one more question before I move on. Uh, the question is, what would be the best practice for reassigning after harassment by a client, presuming uh, you provide warning, is that enough? Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's a conversation that you need to have in your, um, in your organization. I mean, sometimes, depending on the situation and how pervasive it is, reassigning that client to another employee doesn't solve the problem. It may get that one employee out of the situation, but it doesn't stop the harassment. And so um, it may be that that 
you know, and I don't know in your environment if you can turn people away, but clients away, but that is absolutely, um, you know, in, in, if the, if the employee says, absolutely, I don't want to deal with that client at all, then either the person needs to be reassigned or they need to um, not be a client if that's possible. Um, so there really doesn't have to be a warning. Um, part of that is, is if that client created um, a hostile work environment for that employee, then they either need to be reassigned or they need to um, not come into the building. So good question. So there's two different types. Um, the first one is tangible employment action. And this is where we talk about quid pro quo. Um, it with regard to um, this for that. So it typically is when someone has power or influence. Um, and again, this can be in the in your office environment. It could be in the courtroom. Um, it could be at a conference where you believe that that person has influence. And so they have some type of influence over that other employee and they seek some kind of sexual re a favor in return for a positive outcome. So supervisor demanding that employee con, uh, consent to some form of sexual behavior um, to receive a promotion or continued employment or to get vacation time or anything like that. So that's the quid pro quo where someone is in authority. The other one is the hostile work environment where it is severe or pervasive. Again, um, that's the Supreme Court definition, but that's a very subjective term. It's intimidating, it's hostile or offensive displays. And again, this could be anybody that's involved. So let's look at um, another clip. So we're gonna play another clip here about does this behavior create a hostile work environment? So we're gonna pull this up. So just give me a second here. This one's a little quieter. So Melissa, thank you for coming in. Um, I've given this a lot of thought and I don't think we're gonna be in a position to promote you this year. Now, listen, I think we can put a plan together and I think we can work on it together. And next year when the review period comes up, I think we'll get you there. But for right now, I think there's some things we need to work on in this position before we move you into another one. Otherwise, we're just setting you up to fail. And, and I don't want that for you and I don't want that for the company. Well, what are the reasons? So a couple things. First, I need you to be more of a leader in the projects that you're involved in. I need you to really get out front and away from the back of the pack. Take ownership of the projects that you're working on. Really invest yourself into it. And honestly, I need you to work on your communication style. You have a lot of great information, but people are not comfortable approaching you, asking questions or getting your guidance. You kind of wall yourself off from other people in the office. I think if we can work on those things and we can make some progress and improvements, this cycle comes back up again, I think it'll be a natural fit for you. But right now, I think we need to try to address some of those concerns before we put you in a place where you're not going to be happy or successful. So uh, this has nothing to do with the other night when I called you out. Called me out? Uh, what do you mean? At the trade show. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
we got a drink together. You were cataloging all of the women in the office. I called you out on a few very specific things. And instead of coming back here and addressing those issues, I'm now not getting a promotion. Melissa, look, I, I'm not quite sure how you're threading all these things together and then thinking they have something to do with, with where we are today. The things we're talking about today are performance related. I, I think you might be a little overly sensitive right now to some of the issues I brought up and the things we need to work on, but all these other things that you're putting together just simply have nothing to do with your performance as it relates to your appropriateness to be promoted. So I certainly can appreciate bringing these things up, but I, I just can tell you that there's no relationship between all of that and this. These are very different things. So the purpose in doing this process is to make sure you're successful in the job you're doing now and in the job we want you to do in the future. All this other stuff just isn't related to that. It just feels a lot like retaliation. Look, I, I'm really sorry you feel that way, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's just not the case. And I'm not helping you, I'm not helping us if we don't make sure that when you move into a new position, you're ready to be in a new position. And right now you're not. So if we can work on those things together that I talked about, I think we'll get you there. We're not there now and this other stuff just has nothing to do with it. Okay, well, thank you. Have a nice day. All right. So we have another poll that we're gonna put up. And the question is, um, what do you think? Quid pro quo, hostile work environment? Okay, a couple more seconds. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Can you go ahead and share the results? So many of you thought that it was hostile work environment, um, quid pro quo, and you know this is her supervisor, so uh, it could appear um, that there could have been some uh, quid pro quo going on that she he's in authority. Um, she didn't get the promotion. Um, it really appears to be retaliation. But I want to talk about a couple things here uh, that that were really important. So you're right. Um, someone mentioned that um, we didn't see what happened at the trade show. He made what appeared to be valid statements. So here's my concern about this. And for those of you that are any the supervisors or managers that are on here, the, the one thing that was interesting to me is that it didn't appear that they had discussions about her performance before now. That was and so that was the one thing that I, that I thought was interesting that he's just now telling her why she's not going to get the job. And so it's a lot of time, it's the timing. And you're right, we don't, she described that the inappropriate comments that they had at the trade show, again, your policy is in effect 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So he sh absolutely should not have been doing that. He didn't deny that he did it. 
he kind of, the way his facial response was, it seemed like he kind of accepted that. But the one thing that I picked up is it looked, if there was a promotion going on and through performance evaluations and conversations with her before, it seemed like he was just bringing these things up now and these discussions had not happened before. So it does leave you with a perception that because she called him out on comments that he was making at the trade show and now all of a sudden she's not eligible for the, for the promotion seems a little tricky. So again, making sure that, you know, timing, timing is, is everything that, you know, they didn't have the conversation before and now all of a sudden they are. So that's a little, um, a little disturbing. All right, great. Thanks for taking that poll. So again, we talked about all the different ways that um, just as a refresher, we talked about it can happen so many different ways. It can be subtle. And I think we saw that in the beginning of the other video where he just kind of started out by saying, are you doing anything for dinner? And then it just kind of avalanched from there. It doesn't matter under the law if it's intentional or unintentional. Um, so again, uh, just to reiterate, creating that intimidating, that hostile work environment. Retaliation. Employees have the right, they have the right to make a complaint. And so when there is any adverse employment action be, because they engaged in some protected activity that can appear to be retaliatory. So, um, is there a connection between the protected activity and the employment action? So in that particular video, she's saying, well, I called you out on cataloging all the women in the workplace, and now I'm not getting the promotion. So again, the courts would look at that. And I think that one of the questions I would ask if I was a judge in that situation or at the EOC was, did you ever have a conversation about these performance issues prior to the trade show? And if the answer is no, then yeah, that's not a good thing. All right, so here's one more poll that we have. Uh, in this poll, um, the situation is that an employee, employee A files an internal complaint against employee B for making sexual comments and feels very uncomfortable. After leadership speaks with employee B about the comments, employee B approaches employee A in the parking lot expressing negativity about the complaint and employee A better watch out because bad things may happen. So no, the employee, is this retaliation? No, the employees were outside of work and there was no negative impact on employee A in the work environment. Yes, this exchange created a hostile environment or no, employee B has the right to free speech. Oh, so somebody mentioned that in that last clip, uh, that is true. That's one of the things that I noticed that he proposed working together with her and not getting an outside trainer or coach. Exactly. Didn't kind of go into what that training plan looked like, but it said we can work together. Well, she was uncomfortable based on what he said to her at the trade show. So that would, that would impact that. Okay. Just a couple more seconds. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, no, you can go ahead. That's good. Thanks, Kelly. Um, so 
In this example, yes, this is a hostile work environment. It doesn't matter. So sometimes I'll say in my training that maybe they left the property and they ended up at the convenience store down the street and they're both there pumping gas or going in to get a snack after work. And so um, that could be a, um, even though it's offsite, 24 hours, seven days a week. So uh, thank you. Yep, exactly. All right, so what do we do to prevent sexual harassment? Um, that's the key in our organizations. Number one, all of your organizations should have a policy. And maybe if that policy hasn't been updated for a while, it needs to be updated. We need to report incidents. Now, I know that's easier said than done. Again, people feel, you know, why didn't they report them in the Me Too movement? Because they feared retaliation. So reporting incidents means that we need to have an environment where people feel comfortable coming forward and they feel supported. Participate in the investigation. So if you're asked to participate in the investigation, we need people to share what they saw, what they witnessed, because many times it becomes employee A against employee B and no witnesses. So we need to have people participate in investigations. That's really important. Um, and so as an individual, I need to take personal responsibility for my actions. And I need to be aware of how I'm coming across to people and how I'm responding to people. So that's all very important. So the employer, as an employer, making sure that there is a clear policy against, we absolutely prohibit it. And we may even identify what some examples are um, to make sure. And even some of those that could be great, you know, we had, there was a lot of conversation about whether or not it's, it's okay to tell someone they look nice or not. Um, for some people, that's okay. For some people, it's not. So we need to, um, we need to address that. Obviously, we're going to make sure that we're in compliance with the law. We need to do training. And again, having these dialogues, I think, would be very, very helpful uh, in our workplaces, having these dialogues, having an environment that supports the dialogues, um, making sure that we respect everyone and protect everyone's rights, regardless of position in the organization. And we need to act immediately when there is if there's any harassing behaviors that are incur that are occurring. So again, encouraging that reporting. Again, it comes back to having an environment where people feel comfortable coming forward. We need to support the person that's coming forward. All complaints need to be taken seriously. I don't care if it's the 10th complaint of the day from that employee. We need to take them all seriously. Just like in my experience 20 years ago, my boss didn't take my complaint seriously and felt that it was a personality. We cannot do that any longer. We need to listen and we need to understand um, that person's perspective and take everything seriously. We want to respond to the complaints. We don't want to sit on it. Again, not saying, you know, some one employee, employee A comes forward and complains about the, the comments employee B is making. The supervisor should not say, oh, well, that's just employee B. That individual does that with everyone. Please don't take offense by that. No, that's not the right response. Um, 
again, in your policy, your reporting mechanism, how that reporting happens, it should not be reported to your supervisor because it could be the supervisor. There needs to be other avenues in which to file a complaint, um, whether it's another member of the management team, whether it is HR, whether it is the executive director, whether it is if there's a board of directors that you can report to. Some organizations have an 800 number that they call. We want to respect confidentiality, and this is a whole nother conversation around, okay, what does that look like? Because if employee A comes and complains about employee B, we have to do an investigation. How do we do that? How do we protect employee A's confidentiality? So that's another discussion that we really need to have. Um, so because there is going to be some type of a balance, I have to understand what that conversation was. Um, so again, protecting everybody's rights. We don't automatically assume that employee B is guilty until we do the investigation. We need to hear all sides and hear what has happened. So some things to think about, um, does in your organization, um, if you're a manager or supervisor, um, does hostile behavior that was addressed occur as a frequent basis? Can it be considered pervasive? So we have to ask that question. Is it severe in nature? So we're gonna look at that again, that definition is very uh, gray. Um, is, it, is the offensive behavior that was reported, is it physically threatening or humiliating? Um, and does, is it, does it unreasonably interfere? Uh, with the person to do their job? Are they calling off of work a lot? Do they not want to um, go to court because it's because, oh, that judge or, you know, what is happening? We need to listen to that. Is the employee protected under anti-discrimination laws? Is this a discriminatory thing? Is this a bullying type of thing? Um, if the supervisor or manager knows about the behavior and didn't take any action against it, um, or do an investigation and just ignored it, that is a form of retaliation. Um, so we definitely need to make sure that we take some kind of action immediately um, within 24 to 48 hours. So affirmative defenses that we can use is that number one, did the employer exercise reasonable care to prevent and correct the harassment. That's one of the things that's going to be looked at. What did the employer do? Did they ignore it? Or did they do something about it? Um, and so looking again at our policy, communicating the complaint procedure, we investigated it, making sure that our managers and supervisors are trained on what their responsibility is. And the second thing is that the employee, um, did the employee take, um, advantage of the reporting process. Um, and so again, we have to make sure, did we create an environment where people felt comfortable? And employees should not be subject to any obstacles. Again, if you have a pretty large um, avenue for employees to report, we wanna make sure that they can go to someone that they feel comfortable reporting to. Again, if it happens in the courtroom, yes, the employee may not feel comfortable in the courtroom saying something, but when that employee comes back to the office, um, then they need to 
um, reported. And great suggestion that employees should keep their yeah. own records as well. Absolutely. So if I'm in a courtroom and a judge says something to me that I find very offensive, I may not feel comfortable saying, hey, judge, I felt uncomfortable about that. You know what? I'm going to take notes and I'm going to write down what day it happened, who was in the courtroom, who heard it, and keep those notes so that when I go back to report it to my executive director or my manager, that I have all those notes and I immediately wrote it down. So that's a great point. Um, and employees shouldn't feel like, oh, this was a waste of time reporting it. They need to, they need to feel comfortable again, creating that environment that is really Im important. Um, so again, um, making sure that if you have an HR team or you have an executive director or whoever in your organization, if you're a manager or supervisor, that you're reporting that uh, to that individual. Um, and again, we want to make sure that we reassure the victim. Um, that we are listening to the victim, understanding what happened, getting as much information as we can, supporting. So even reassuring goes one step further to support that victim. Like, I hear you. I'm sorry that this happened to you, that you feel this way. Um, we need to address the situation and we need to make sure that it stops. And, and we're going to do everything that we possibly can. So again, contacting HR, I don't know if all of your locations have an HR team, but whoever in your organization is identified as your HR rep, um, providing as much information. And again, making sure that you are putting everything um, um, down as exactly as you can remember it, witnesses, times, dates, who was, you know, who heard it, what exactly was said. And the sooner that you can take those notes, the better, the more credible that they will be. So a uh, great example. And so um, uh, someone mentioned that there are required PA court bias complaint reporting rules and procedures. Absolutely. So you want to make sure that you um, engage in that. Kim, I apologize for interrupting. People sure. are getting nervous that I haven't launched the second okay, poll go ahead. question. Sorry. So yep. um, I have just launched the second sure. poll question for CLE credit. Attorneys, please respond. You'll have about a minute and a half to do so. And Kim, please feel free yep. to continue. Yeah, we're you. gonna wrap up now. We are just about at the end. Um, so again, uh, looking at if you're a manager, supervisor, partnering with your HR team, if you have someone on your team that is HR or uh, how you handle your HR um, items. But again, we wanna make sure that we conduct those investigations promptly, that we take action immediately um, and understand that uh, retaliation is a form, is, is a termination offense. If somebody is engaging re in retaliation, that they can be terminated. All right, so I know that many of you are doing that poll. Does anybody have any other questions? I mean, we've spent an hour and a half talking about this, and I think that, that there's a lot more conversations that need to be had about helping people feel comfortable in the workplace reporting it. All, many of you shared items of where it, that it is happening. You've, you've talked about judges that are saying things to you. And so I think this conversation needs to continue about next steps because we want everybody to feel comfortable. We want everybody to feel safe coming forward and reporting it. And we wanna make sure that there are certain actions that are taken against people that are engaging in this inappropriate 
illegal behavior. So any additional questions that you would like to, to ask at this point? Okay, so as you walk away, three questions for you. Um, what are you going to start doing? What are you going to stop doing? And what are you going to continue doing? So these are all things to think about as you move forward on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe it's the fact that you need to, um, a lot of times maybe you found yourself in a bystander situation and you need to help that person, support that victim if you've seen it. Uh, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to be careful about the, you know, what you're saying or being careful, being more aware that you're not crossing any lines. All right. Well, thank you for participating. And I'm going to put up here just some resources again with regard to discrimination in the workplace. Uh, there's a variety of different laws there as well. All right, so uh, Kelly, Patrick, turning it back over to you. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I'd just like to thank Kim. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, for your time and all of this great information that you've shared with us. Um, Everybody that's participating in the session, I hope it got you thinking. And for your coworkers that aren't on the um, presentation today, uh, if you could promote it, that it was recorded and will be available for their viewing, but also take some of this information back to your programs and start conversations. We all know how important this topic is. So um, Kim, thank you again for being with us. Thanks everybody and have a great afternoon. Thank you. Take Enjoy care. Enjoy the rest of your day.